Welcome to Shift, college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT exam. Full textbook, tons of ACT questions that are backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code PODCAST gets you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. So today, we have Brian Stewart on the show, and Brian, if you'd like to share a little bit about your background and your company, that would be great. Hi, well, thanks so much for having me on, Tyler. appreciate it. And I have a company called BWS Education Consulting. We provide online and in-person tutoring. Uh, we're based out of Columbus, Ohio, and I'm the author of Barron's ACT, and it's in the sixth edition of that. Uh, and so I've written that book as well as several other books with Barron's Educational Series. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much. And as part of Barron's, you probably know a little bit about this, but today the topic is which tests to take between the ACT and SAT. And, you know, I think that both of them are good. I don't think that it's it, it's like a clear, obvious one is better than the other. But I do think that they there might be some that are better for different people, right? And so I think I'd love to start by just like outlining like what are the major structural differences, like super scoring, and then Absolutely. going into yeah. the content. Yeah. So with the ACT, the biggest difference between that and the SAT, you have a science section. So the SAT right. has science tested throughout. And just in, even in the grammar, they have some graph analysis, but the ACT has a standalone science section. And with the SAT, students who are quite comfortable with math, half of their score comes from the math section. And on the ACT, a quarter comes from the math section. So in terms Mm. of difference, students can think about math, science, where their strengths might be. And I I, I don't know about you, but I recommend students try each test at least once just to see what they can yeah. do. You know, we're fortunate in the United States where colleges will look at ACT or SAT results, not having to just only do one test. And I think there are a lot of overlaps between the tests. If you look back you know, 15 years ago, students would often try to determine which test they ultimately would want to do. But now I... I'm of the opinion they have a lot more similarities than differences in terms of the content. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a a note from another um, recording that I did that I thought was a good one was do not take those like composite tests that are like supposed to tell you which one you're going to be better at. Like definitely just take a normal ACT practice exam and a normal SAT practice exam. Yeah. And fortunately they get a real reading. Yeah, students can even do that with the um, the PSAT or the pre-ACT that are often run at their schools. And so they could compare results from those. Also, in addition to doing a practice ACT or SAT, often students might want to sit early in their academic career for one of the test dates when there is a test information release or question and answer service. Those run for the ACT, those run on April, June, and December. And for the SAT, they run in uh, March, May, and October. And what that allows you to do is to get a copy of the actual test booklet and the answers. So it Mm -hmm. makes for a fantastic diagnostic tool for students, parents, and tutors going forward in their prep process. Yeah, that's super helpful. And and so other than, you know, sort of at a high level, go 
<laughs> go take both tests and figure out which one you like better. You know, what are, what are sort of the key things that are different or that people should be looking for or, or thinking? Yeah. About? So the SAT, you have more time to complete the same mm-hmm. amount of material. So it's about 40, 45% more time, depending on the particular thing to complete the same amount of material. So students who struggle with time management tend to prefer the SAT in my experience because they don't have to worry about running out the clock and are they going to finish every question. I find that students who finish the ACT comfortably tend to like it. Um, And Mm -hmm. students sometimes find the test is a bit more straightforward, especially with some of the reading questions on the SAT. You have evidence-based questions, a little deeper reading is sometimes necessary. And the ACT, uh, if you can quickly find the information, uh, you're often in good shape. Uh, Also for students who do get accommodations. uh, So if someone has a 504 plan IEP where they get 50%, 100% extra time, uh, students in those situations often like the ACT better uh, because they're Mm. not in as much of a time crunch and things may be a little bit more straightforward. So I'd say, yeah, look at the time management look at the accommodation situation. If you need more time, SAT is good. If you have the accommodations, ACT uh, can be better. But if, um, yeah, you just kind of can personalize that based on your situation. Yeah. Got it. Okay, great. Yeah. And then um, I think the next kind of question is like, what are the important structural differences? Not, not just with like, you know, the science section versus not, but Mm -hmm. like talking about super scoring and and sort of the other things that make the tests a little bit different. Yeah. So as far as super scoring goes, uh, in general, a lot of private colleges now allow you to super score, which is to take the best score from each of the individual sections over multiple tests. And Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of larger public schools don't do that. So you just would want to check with the individual college to see what they could do. Um, But with the ACT, you have that broken up into four sections and the SAT into just two. And getting a little deeper into what students might want to do. So the Mm -hmm. ACT, like if you're studying for the math, you really should take uh, pre-calculus up through pre-calculus and there will be more geometry and trigonometry concepts you'll want to know, like Mm -hmm. matrices, logarithms. uh, Those are things that you'll see on the ACT, but not really on the SAT. And with the SAT, it's very in-depth when it comes to algebra and some of the um, uh, data analysis word problems. And the ACT is a bit Mm -hmm. more, that includes all that, but then also will have uh, a bit more with geometry and trigonometry and pre-calculus. So that's a, that's kind of a main, uh, major difference. Um, another major difference between the two is that the SAT has a historical document as one of the reading passages, whereas um, the ACT does not. It, um, it just mm-hmm. has a fiction and, and some nonfiction uh, genres on that. So those would be a, a couple of major content differences. The English on both, they, that covers almost identically the, the same. So, um, you know, you prepare for the English section on the ACT and then the writing and language section on the SAT, you're preparing for essentially the same body of, of content. Yeah. So it sounds like the real differences are in, you know, do you feel more comfortable with more advanced math versus just really digging in on algebra really hard? 
Yes. And then yep. um, the other difference is, do you feel comfortable digging in really hard on reading passages or like more just kind of, you know, find the information and move on kind of questions? And then yeah. timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you, and yes, I think actually timing, yeah. yeah. And then I think the last the last bit, I mean, we touched on it just a teeny bit, but with super scoring, um, super scoring across two sections versus four sections, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be better to be super scoring across four sections, right? Because I would agree with that. Essentially, yeah. it's a little bit more granular and you can get, you know, for lack of a better word, you could get lucky and like get a 35 on the science one time. Yep. Um, yeah. And then you just you have that forever across Absolutely. all the other scores. Yeah. And since you mentioned that, I had a student I met with just yesterday who scored a 31 his first go around, but had some timing issues on the English section. And so the next time he does it, he's going to try to do well on all the sections, but in his preparation, he's going to really focus on the English and try to bring that up. Um, so I, I agree with that. As far as the super scoring, it definitely makes it easier if you have the, the four tests to really focus your energies on that. Yeah, you could even take four ACTs if you really want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one Just thing focus is, on one thing, but in the three months leading up, but though that's probably too much for people. I would. That, I still yeah, think yeah, most yeah. people take two or three though, so it's not crazy. Yeah, that wouldn't be crazy. I I do want to just throw out there too, from a, a prep standpoint, with the digital SAT coming online in 2024 for students in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and 2023 for international students, there is a greater body of prep material out there. Uh, your course, my book for the ACT. And so students who want more of a known quantity uh, and want to do extensive prep might find the ACT definitely worth looking into. And for the SAT, um, there will be more material uh, coming out for that, but there's just not as much to get students ready for that just yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we'll, we'll be seeing that that kind of transition year be one where maybe more people jump into the ACT just because kind of the devil we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also, it, it does feel like, you know, because that is what happened last time the SAT changed their format. And I think they, they obviously aren't, weren't, we're probably not super thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. When, yeah. when they lost a bunch of business. So mm-hmm. I'm imagining that they're going to be trying their best as well to try and provide a bit more transition material this time. Cause I think so. Um, yeah. yeah, they've already got like the four the four te- diagnostic tests that you can take to kind of just get a sense for the new digital SAT. Um, yep. If you're you would you need to be kind of a a uh, a rising sophomore or junior in 2024 to worry about this. If you are uh, younger or older than that, do you? Yeah, need to worry? if you, if you're uh, you know so students who right now in fall of 2022. Uh, Students who are currently juniors, seniors, they don't need to worry about it at all unless they're taking a gap year or something like that. But sophomores this coming fall, so someone's a sophomore in 2022, uh, they would take the PSAT for national merit selection purposes in fall of 2023. So that would be their first taste of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So fun if you're in that in if you're in that bucket but you know yeah <laughs> because you can super score across the two both the paper digital uh, the paper sat and then next year in the or sorry in 2024 and the digital sat you know maybe it's still maybe that'll make it a little bit less scary so i we'll think see. so I, I it can be a little overwhelming but if you look at it as 
you have the opportunity to take not just two with the ACT and SAT, but you also could even do three tests to give it a try. You can try the ACT, digital SAT, and regular uh, paper-based SAT. Um, and colleges will look at whatever you want to send in with that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much, Brian. This Thank has been you. Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable. And then we had Brian from BWS Education Consulting on the show. You can try out Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me, and you can sign up for a free account to see if it's right for you. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off.